Hello and welcome to the Mini Myth Astrology Podcast. I am Jubilee and I am here with CJ. Hello everyone. Hi. So we are dropping in today to update you and let you know about some transitions that are going to happen in the podcast and the format and to take a moment to acknowledge the ending of this first season and movement into the next phase of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And as we transition, as with transitions, there are some changes that are coming. And I always see change as a beautiful thing. I think that it is incredibly important and the timing couldn't be better, honestly, because we're in the winter season. We're shifting out of Capricorn season. We've just done our reflections. And before we even started recording, Jubilee and I had a moment to really drop in and talk about how spot on our reflections are, as you'll see later on in this episode. But we have an announcement to make, and that is that I am leaving the Mini Myth Astrology podcast semi-temporarily. I'll probably be back on some future episodes. But for the foreseeable future, the podcast is shifting. And it's emotional. It has been emotional. It has been, you know, a really big thing. And it's also been really beautiful. And I am so grateful that I got the opportunity to do what I love, which is podcast with someone I love, which is Jubilee. I love her so much. And also we'll still be in each other's lives. So it's not really saying goodbye to her. It's just saying goodbye to this baby that we birthed together that I'm now kind of handing off to her to, to raise. <laughs> we birthed the baby. She raises the child into a full grown being. <laughs> That's my analogy. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> I am here for it. And so, so grateful to have taken these initiatory steps with you because there's a way that I absolutely needed your spark and fire to feel brave enough to do this thing that I need to do in this lifetime and have been waiting for the right time and the right person. And I think one of the really interesting things of holding multiple roles in each other's life, both as friends and co-hosts and astrologer meets coach meets all the facets of ourselves that dance with each other, is recognizing when the natural flow of our orbits swing away and when they are like actually conjunct and honoring the fact that we are both beings that are constantly in evolutionary circles of evolving and growing. And I think you can really hear it in the podcast as I talk about my longing to be in the ocean and you talk about your urge to climb that mountain to the beautiful views and what feels most important in all of this process and project is really honoring that like yes and pull and becoming of one another and never trying to contain that 
for the convenience of any one project we'll do together. Because I think we're going to do lots of things together over the course of our lifetimes together. So I love that we were able to notice and we were able to move through and co-make this decision. And I'm also just so wildly excited about the mountains you are climbing. I got to experience some of your role in event creating and your performer self and your dancing self and to just get to see you so alive in the projects in your life and getting to be so big and moving into that is just something I want to buoy and celebrate and be stage side stomping, clapping for because God, the things you are going to do in this life are so much bigger than I even know how to imagine that Sagittarius is just going to keep drawing you ever onward. And I admire and delight and adore the person that you are so much. And I'm so grateful I got to spend so much time in this space, getting to know your Sagittarius and your Capricorn. It's really interesting that this happened on the cusp of Aquarius, where your Saturn is, and this like restructuring to create even greater space for authenticity makes total sense with what Aquarius means for both of us with my Mercury and your Saturn. And I think it's one of the things about astrology, and you and I were talking about this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too, is that when you're paying this close of attention, you can think in the middle of the month or the season, you know what the lesson of that's going to be. And by the end of it, you have almost teleported to a whole other place. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that was actually the lesson. Like I knew it was the lesson, but I didn't know what that lesson was growing into until that season and cycle is actually coming to a close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's why I love astrology so much because for me, it's been something that I've experienced a lot of times in retrospect and also like in the moment. And it just depends on what's happening. One thing I will say though, this is kind of something that I experienced sort of simultaneously with this last few episodes that we recorded together Mercury was transitioning between Sagittarius and Capricorn. So much was taking place between Sagittarius and Capricorn and not just the seasons that we were in, but it was just like so much else. And Mercury being in retrograde between those two signs was a really big one. <laughs> and so when it shot forward, it seems like everything that was taking place, like now that I look back and if you go back and listen to previous episodes where we did our Sagittarius reflection and how we would weave it into Capricorn and then listen to this reflection episode as well, it's just, it's so interesting to see it all. And, you know, that story, I'll share a little bit of the backstory, I think, because like I myself have had experiences where co-hosts have left podcasts and I'm always like, but what happened? 
all you're telling me is that you're going away and now I'm sad and I became connected to you and you're abandoning me. <laughs> so abandonment wounds were stoked there and it would have been fine if they just told me what was going on. So um, <laughs> I just want to share like, you know, during the time that we've been recording this podcast, I've been so busy with so many new things. And I've even mentioned it on the show that I was spinning so many plates. And the thing about spinning plates is that like sometimes one falls because there's just so many and you can't necessarily keep track of all of them. And I have always told myself that I can spin as many plates as I want and I'm fine and I've got this. I'm a Libra. I can balance things, whatever. And that's not always true. <laughs> Actually, I'm still a human and sometimes the plates are going to fall. And I'm also collaborating with and interacting with humans. And so while I may be spinning the plate one way and in, in one fashion, in one style, then they might be spinning it in a different one, or they might just want the plate to stop for a moment, you know? And so I think that's kind of what happened here is that the whirlwind that is my fire and air, my fiery tornado self that blows through life and and just goes really fast, needed to slow down. And especially for the relationship that we're in. And what was beautiful is that Jubilee, you were able to call it out. You were able to actually bring your true feelings of where you were at in that moment to me, because part of moving very fast is that sometimes you miss what's happening. And I'm so grateful to you for doing that because I feel like that is something I deeply value about our relationship. And that's part of why we were able to start this show is because we can have such in-depth, real, transparent conversations. And since meeting you, I've always wanted to be able to record them. So I feel like I've been able to at least like achieve, you know, a level. <laughs> I leveled up in some way um, just by having this opportunity. And like you said, before we started recording, this gets to go into our time capsule, which is so beautiful. Mm. Gosh, it really has been. And thank you for catching that vulnerability and truth and returning back with yours. I think that both of us have enough sensitivity to other people's needs. And we're such huge yeses for one another that sorting out when the context and circumstances stop feeling like a yes, but the person is still wildly a yes. And how do you navigate that piece of things? And I really did start picturing it as like, we met on the road and I was like, I want to go to the ocean. You're like, I want to go to the mountain. And I'm like, I'm good at mountains. And you're like, I'm good at the ocean. And so we travel so far away from each other and then try to come back for the podcast. And each time that was a longer and longer journey because what both of us were doing was journeying towards a different space and place. And we kept trying to come back. You fire tornadoed your way back to me and I go rushed my way back to you. And over time, I think that would have kept us from going as far into our individual journeys as we really need to go right now. And maybe at some point we are going to meet back on the road and it will be an easeful thing. And the journey that we're on will 
be so much more parallel. And I know I expressed it in the episode about Capricorn is I've spent so long on the mountain and how much my nervous system is just longing for like very slow, intentional depths and how right now you are delighting in the heights and possibility in your life. You started so many cool new things and that piece of loving each other enough to not ask either one of us to abandon the pace and the place that we're really feeling called towards feels so healing. Like I've not ever had a project or a way that I've come together with somebody end without losing that person most of the time. Like most everybody I tried to live with or even being part of people's weddings, like every. <laughs> I have been the maid of honor or the bridesmaid in so many weddings of people I no longer speak to because something in that trying to do a project together either brought up something that was there and we just hadn't noticed it. We were unconscious about it or brought up something that they didn't know how to talk to me about or their life transitioned because now they were on that path that marriage takes them off into and I don't think marriage has to take you on a path that moves you away from friends, but it happened in these cases. And so for me to get to sit with you and be like, I think we're going opposite directions and I love you enough not to ask you to go my direction. And I honor my journey enough to not like try to rush back up into the mountains to be with you right now. My whole nervous system is just so grateful that we unlocked this possibility that you could do both. You could both notice that, talk about it, and just like bless each other's journeys along the way. Absolutely. And, you know, that piece about working on a project, when we collaborate, these things come out. And it's so beautiful because we always get to kind of choose what we decide to do with it. And I feel honored that the choice you made was to honor yourself while also honoring the friendship. I think that that's something we forget sometimes is that when we do show up in that vulnerability and that truth, we're actually doing our friends and our the people that we care for and love, we're doing them a favor. We're, we're doing what we need to do to honor the relationship and to tend to it in a way that is so much bigger than just us, you know, as where I feel like on the opposite end, if you were to just hold it, or if I were to just hold it in, like, we would only really be serving ourselves. And I think that that is such a powerful lesson when we kind of wrap it back around to what we have hinted to throughout Capricorn season, which is sharing of resources. A lot of times we see resources as something external, but Jubilee and I have had multiple conversations where we talk about the internal resources as well. And I think we have talked about that on the podcast as well. And so, you know, that's one way that you can both preserve your internal resources while also sharing them. And that to me feels like both the depths of and the extreme heights of that that extreme kind of visibility of Capricorn. 
<sighs> all of that. My whole body says all of that. And it's not an easy lesson. And you really need companions on that journey that share the same ultimate goal and value around growth and honesty and authenticity. And I think we honored that by deciding to make a podcast together, right? It was expanding our relationship to the stars, mm -hmm. like stepping into our authorship and our co-authorship that humanity is writing with the stars. All of this is us honoring our wishes to move with care, to, to invite curiosity, to all of our wishes in the beginning. And you never quite know when you make a wish what it's going to turn into or ask of you in the process of like truly honoring it. So mm -hmm. we didn't record this podcast sooner because I knew I was going to like ball through the whole thing. <laughs> so, right now I'm probably going to, probably going to hit on that of just like how grateful I am that you are and will always be like the founding other half that's helping me hold the star seed and how delighted and committed I am to being your fellow holder of the star seeds you find along the way. I am so grateful for the human that you are, CJ. It is a gift to the world and it is a gift in my life and Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for always welcoming in my shoulder shrugging suggestions, my little niggles and pushes that I always just have to share with you because I trust that you're a safe space to share with. And I'm so excited to see where you take this little star seed. I hope that everyone that joins you on this path also gets the opportunity to get to know you to the depths at which I have, because you're also an amazing human. And I love you so much. I love you so much. So if they're not finding you in podcast land, but they are deeply attached to you, and would not like to lose sight of the journey you are climbing your mountains towards. Is there anywhere that you would like to be found in the greater world or any way that we can also add some pixie dust support to your star seeds that you're off to go tend? Well, at this point, I have so many freaking Instagrams. <laughs> go in so many different directions so I'm going to send you to the hub of them all um which is hey it's CJ Thomas and on there you can stay connected with me if you'd like you can follow my journey as a burlesque performer a show producer a marketing coach and manager <laughs> a social media manager all of the things that I do and just like a human and all the other things that I didn't mention. So you can you can follow me there and stay connected. Perfect. And I gotta tell you, she is gonna be putting on the most sparkly, most fabulous Libra, Sagittarius, Virgo 
creations, whatever they are. And gosh, just so excited to see you become and to have you pop back in whenever it feels good and right. Thank you. Thank you. I will be seeing you on the next episode where we move into Aquarius and slightly different formats where I have alternating hosts coming in for the season. Generally, it'll be people who it's their sun sign so they can help me illuminate and talk about the gravity which they carry. And we'll still have constellation conversations and slightly shorter integration episodes. We'll try this format out and if things need to shift again, we'll just keep shifting. But I'm wildly grateful you are along for the ride and all of its permutations. And thank you for gathering around the fire with us. I hope you have a beautiful day. Welcome, I'm Jubilee. And I'm CJ. And together, we share our love affair with the stars. The intention behind this podcast is to explore the threads of meaning and wonder woven into astrology. To expand our relationship to the stars and invite you to participate in the legacy of storytelling and to connect you back to your authorship of self and co-authorship of the collective story humanity is writing with the stars. Our wish is to spark curiosity, invite creativity, hold complexity, and to move with care. To reclaim the agency, to shift the narrative from doomsday predictive astrology to one of wonder, play, and embodiment. This is the Mini Myth Astrology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Mini Myth Astrology Podcast. And today we have a special reflection episode. So we've woven it into our podcasting schedule, if you will, that we have these reflection episodes at the end of each astrological season. This one wraps up Capricorn. And it also helps us kind of weave the energy that we experienced in Capricorn season into the upcoming Aquarius season. And that's one piece that I really love about these episodes that we do is that we're not just ending a season because realistically, and we've talked about this before, but realistically, the seasons, the stars, the zodiac, like it all weaves together. There isn't a hard line like when you look at a at a birth chart there's no real lines there that block things off and so I'm really excited to get into our episode today Jubilee how are you feeling today I'm so delighted that we built in this moment into how we move through the stars because this pause right we talked about purpose and pause on the threads episode that wove into our constellation conversation. And this is really our practice of it. This is our pause and integrate and gather. And it is happening on a new moon today. 
which feels really potent and lovely because that is so a new moon means that the sun and the moon are at the same degree so they are in the same sign and it is the amplification of that energy when it's a full moon it's the holist expression of that energy where the sun and moon are in the opposite sign and you have the whole chart illumined but when it's new moon it really is getting to something essential about that sign because you have both luminaries both the moon and the sun are considered luminaries lighting and spotlighting from the same position so it feels really really good to be doing this Capricorn integration pause purposefully on this new moon day. Mm, I agree. And I actually texted Jubilee yesterday. So we're talking about the day that we're recording, which is going to be different from the day that this episode is actually released. But I texted her the night before and I was like, we're recording on a Capricorn new moon, the first new moon of the year on 111. Like, <laughs> just like, it's magical, Jubilee. Are you so excited? <laughs> and I just, I love these little, these little moments in life where it just kind of feels like things are aligned and I get to give meaning to it. I say that because I don't really know if there's actually any kind of cosmic meaning or not right but I know what I feel and I just feel like today in particular feels like a breakthrough almost like this closing of a chapter I myself have always really honored the moon I used to have a business called life by the moon yoga and the basis of it was really like going into moon manifestation I wrote a whole book about manifesting with the cycles of the moon, which it's on Amazon. If you want to find it, you totally can. And I just love that the moon is an anchor point for me. The fact that it's called a luminary, I really love that because it does really feel like it illuminates where I am on my path. Being a womb holder that bleeds, I also have really connected the cycle of my womb to the moon. And I used to teach on how you can do that, whether you have a womb or know someone who has a womb. And so it's just always been really a very special signifier for me. And the new moon in particular, it's always this moment of a fresh start. I'm actually bleeding today and my best friend is bleeding today and <laughs> Jubilee is bleeding today. And if you look to the kind of teachings around the moon cycle the new moon represents menstruation the time when someone menstruates that it's not always that you're going to be aligned to that or synced up to that sometimes you have a very sporadic cycle and sometimes you have one where you can track it with the moon and for me it it changes but I'll notice my moon my my moon my body moon my bleed I call it my moon <laughs> will shift towards the new moon during times in my life when I'm doing a lot of internal work, it seems like I'll be setting all of these internal boundaries and learning all of these lessons that contribute to my personal power. And around that time, I will shift towards bleeding with the new moon. And I've also noticed times where 
I, my life is really external and I'm, my energy is outward and I'm working with a lot of people or really concentrating on something outside of me and my moon, my, my bleed will shift towards the full moon. So it's very interesting and it's different for everyone, but just kind of an invitation. If you bleed, if you know someone in your life that you're really close to that bleeds, maybe start to like pay attention to that. Like, where is the moon when they're bleeding? And of course, there's so much in between their bleed, but that's for another another podcast, another episode, another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited that we are recording on this day. And being the Capricorn new moon, it does feel like a really powerful moment to just reflect on where we have been during this season and everything that's come up, which honey, I got a lot to share. <laughs> I'm real excited to go into it. Um, and I'm really excited to hear about what has been going on for you, Jubilee. Like we kind of made that realization today that we record with each other almost every week, but we don't actually drop in with each other every week. So I would love if you would start off with, you know, your reflections from this beautiful Capricorn season. Mm. Oh my goodness. Thank you for the invitation and also dropping in with all of that gathered moon goodness that really you have paid very close attention to the moon in a way that I few people I know have. And that cycle in particular is one that I've kind of watched you dance and attune to and pay attention to and align to, right? Life by the moon. So thank you for sharing that with us. So January brought with it the conclusion pages of my moving out of my counseling practice. On the second, I put my license as inactive. By that point, I'd already closed all my files and ended with all of my people. And it truly marked the logistic end of it. And I think I'm still going through the energetic rounds of feeling what it's like to be in a body that is going from holding tension in a specific way for 13 years, 12 years, to being in one that gets to follow its own cycles and flows. And my energy is staying with me in a way that it's never been able to before because I was pouring out so much energy. So I'm really getting to know my own body and my own rhythms almost entirely anew because I haven't had the spaciousness to really feel into them without a lot of external variables. So I'm really grateful that this ending happened in the depths of winter where there's a little less expected of you in January, unless of course it's New Year's resolutions, which I think is a really fascinating concept. And I know people get very polarized about, so we could also talk about that at some point too, but I made a very intentional choice to wrap this transition in different forms of ceremony. So Becky did a sound healing for me a couple of days 
after I finished my last session with clients and I went with my friend Lucy to a stream with a a vessel that I had carved all of the initials of all of my clients in and let the water carry it away and ask the earth to hold the people that I could no longer hold and just expressed my deepest, profoundest love and gratitude that I got to play that role in so many people's stories and also graciously relinquish it before it is something I'd collapse underneath. And it's really made me think about Capricorn's two different journeys. We've talked about this, right? Of like Capricorn is both fish and goat. So can go to the bottom of the ocean, can go to the top of the mountain. And I've described doing counseling work as being a survival guide. Like a lot of times people come to you with the sense that like they don't have the tools they need or that something's wrong or something's been wrong for a very long time and something needs to be solved or resolved. And so your role there is to be a guide in somewhat harsh conditions, right? In some, in survival mode often. And when I really decided to shift into doing the astrology, part of it was just, I wanted to go play in the ocean. I'd spent so much time on the mountain and helping others survive on the mountain and being in survival mode and holding other people in survival mode that I wanted to go to the ocean because there's a different energy that people come to the ocean with. And my sense is that it is often wonder. It is wonder rather than fear. And I wanted to be a guide in wonder. And so the difference between preparing to go on a mountain climb and preparing to go into the ocean, it takes different tools and it takes different support systems. And it takes like, when you go onto the mountain, you can only carry so much because you have to haul all of that against gravity, right? But the ocean is buoyant and you having a certain amount of weight helps you get to depths. And the tools that you need to do that safely and the care with which you do it are very different things. And so I feel like I've been coming off the mountain for the last six months and I've been almost staging and preparing to go into the ocean knowing it's a totally different journey that will use a lot of the same tools and traits that I've used over the years, but it's still very different. (laughs) So I was thinking about the difference between when you climb, how much care you have to take in your climbing, like finding your next footstep or handhold. It takes a lot of carefulness. But when you're in the ocean, you're playing with currents and what you're learning how to do is to be carried. So in one, you're having to take this like extreme and exquisite care. In the other, you're learning how to relinquish and be carried on current. And CJ can tell you, I am trying to practice being flowy 
and allowing the current to carry. We were planning for episodes coming up and I was like, I want to be as flexible as this thing is asking me to be. And I don't know that I'm, I, I need a point of focus, please. Some kind of anchor. And she's keeping me on my evolutionary edge, growth edge, being like, well, what could happen in the spontaneous? What could happen if you just let it carry you? And we will see. I will report back. Aquarius season is going to give me lots of opportunities to be carried. So mm. thank you for being in this journey with me. Oh, yes. Thank you for allowing me to be with you on this journey and oh I just I love the analogies you're using and the first thing that came to mind was that I mean you are a Capricorn sun you know and I think that when I hear people and actually if you go back to our Capricorn constellation conversation there was so much reference to the goat so much that I think people forget about the fish part of Capricorn sometimes and you have that embodiment as well you have the fin you know how to swim or to ride the wave however that might be whatever that might look like I trust that you have it in you and when you get there you're going to be ready you know and so I'm excited to witness you on this next leg of your journey and I also started thinking about the depths of the ocean and how dark they are and how sometimes, you know, you have like an anglerfish, but you don't know what that anglerfish looks like until you get up on it. And all you see before you get there is this glow. And you're like, ooh, what's that? Let me go towards this. And then it's like a crazy fish with teeth and it's like really scary, you know? So it makes me think about how even sometimes when we have a guiding point, we still don't know what we're going to find when we get there. And it's the same when you're climbing a mountain, you know, like you may look at a mountain and from the bottom, you look up and you think, wow, that's going to be really hard. Or maybe that's going to be really easy. And then you actually start climbing the mountain. And that's when you find out what you're really getting yourself into. I just think it's so beautiful that there is a comparison there, but they're so wildly different. And it does really speak to the wonder that you mentioned. There's a little more wonder when you can see a little light in the midst of darkness. <laughs> um, and for some, there's a wonder when they see a peak that they know they're going to reach because they know there's going to be a beautiful view on the other end of that journey, you know, and, and both are, are really beautiful. I guess the question that comes to mind is that after all this time of being the Sherpa, the guide of the mountain, what tools are you going to be carrying with you as you transition into this next chapter? Oh, that is some very good Virgo moon question. Let's see. When you are doing something as abstract and ever moving as walking with other people and their becoming, 
there's not really a point where you are done, right? They're still ongoing and you're still ongoing. And so having those questions that you ask yourself, of like, what is my values and my marker of success? Because the definition of success is just the thing that comes after. But having our own internalized sense of like, this is what I'm gauging. Am I moving towards? Am I embodying? Am I living into this thing that is the thing that makes me feel whole or like starlight or like, yes, whatever way that it comes through in your body. But the question I would ask myself after sessions doing this work that is very abstract and sometimes doing it well does not mean that people leave happy. Sometimes it means that they leave more temporarily messy or uncomfortable than they came in because you are going into places that people have avoided for a long time. So the questions I would ask myself at the end are, was I creative? Was I curious? And was I kind? And having that internal compass is something I definitely want to take with me wherever I go, because having that internal gauge of like, what am I really trying to do here? What do I want to be able to say? I feel pretty confident and good about having moved towards or inhabiting. And I think that's really important in the ocean too. Like that doesn't cease to be important. I have a tool chest of tools and interventions that I have to leave behind because they are specific to counseling and connected to the ethics of like doing very different work and not still inhabiting that counselor space, but there is a way of trusting other humans' capacity to make meaning of their experiences, not to just avoid discomfort or complexity, but to make meaning of it. And having years and years of evidence of that human capacity and how important it is, I think gives me a lot of my gravity of in a space where it just feels like horrible and terrible things are happening in unending ways, the way that I stay anchored is the trust in the human capacity to make meaning of it. Mm. And because there's nothing as devastating to our nervous systems as meaningless suffering. If it is both excruciating and painful and hard and feels like it has no purpose and no meaning, it is kind of a recipe for collapse or for our motivation to just give up because those two things combined make it very hard to go on. So I think that, that like being able to check in with myself, like, am I embodying the values and peace that I want to? And am I really holding on the belief in the human capacity to make meaning regardless of what hat? I'm doing it in those feel like essential tools wherever I journey, whatever biome, whatever realm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what a word that like the human mind really does need to be able to make meaning of the experiences that we're having. And I, 
I think it's so interesting that what you're doing now it's astrology it's it's all about giving meaning it's like laying out a blueprint for someone and saying here are you know some stars that can guide you to help you understand more about who you are and what situations you might come across and also you also get to kind of interpret it yourself it's cool that in a way like you still get to allow people to make their own meaning but you get to give them you know a little bit of guidance and I think that's really beautiful because I think that's something that in astrology we kind of forget you know like society really likes to take a sign and pin it on someone's shirt and make that who they are for the rest of their days <laughs> And I'm speaking to like sun sign enthusiasts right now. Like, yes, I'm calling you out. <laughs> but it's so easy to be like, well, they're a Capricorn. So clearly they're going to be obsessed with money. Or like, oh, that's a Scorpio. So they're just going to be like way too emotional. Or, you know, whatever other like stereotypes that get pinned to sun signs and and we forget that that is literally the the surface, the very surface. And there is so much more like we're not even taking into account houses, degrees, asteroids. <laughs> like there's so much. And that's what's so beautiful, right? Is that the sky is so vast that there's even things we haven't even named in western astrology there's a whole other side of the world that practices eastern astrology and they call it vedic or you know chinese astrology or there's like there's so much there's just so much and you know it's it's interesting because this has been something meaning making has actually been something that's been coming up for me a lot this season because i've been following different influencers i really like one of my like sexy little secrets. I don't want to call it a dirty secret. None of my secrets are dirty. But one of my sexy little secrets is that like, I love YouTube couples channels. I just love them. It's like, I've always been a reality TV buff. It's something that when I was a kid, I used to make fun of my mom for like watching reality TV all the time. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, now I'm watching the Real Housewives of Utah. And um, I really remind myself of my mother right now. I own it. It is what it is. But I love watching couples YouTube channels because it's so real. It's like even more real than reality TV because it's just people who are documenting and vlogging and sharing about their lives. And yes, we're not getting every single aspect of who they are, but it's super interesting to me to just see people be people. And a lot of these channels are faith-based. And so a lot of them are kind of going deeper into their relationship with God and Christianity. And I've noticed a trigger that comes up for me because those are buzzwords, because I was raised with, you know, a Baptist grandmother and then a mom who was religious, but kind of was like teetering between the two. It was like, I went to church every single weekend, so I'm not going to do that as an adult, and I'm not going to make my daughter do that. So I came through with this rebellious spirit, and I was like, 
well, I'm a witch. Like, you know, like I'm going to like practice magic and play with the occult and also believe in a God, but I'm not going to believe in your God. I'm going to find my meaning making in a completely different way. And so I get kind of triggered sometimes because while I understand that like, it's just a language, it's just a way that people make meaning. Sometimes we get really attached to how we make meaning because it is such a deep part of our survival. Like you said, like that meaning is what keeps us from collapsing. And like, especially in the hardest moments of our lives, we have to say that there's a reason for these horrible things. And then we have to let ourselves know that there's something on the other side and religion is really good at helping people feel that way and so is astrology i just realized like it, it's such a beautiful thing and also like the rigidity that can come with all of it it doesn't matter what religion you practice it doesn't matter what you believe in it doesn't matter how you're making meaning there can be rigidity there can be a moment where you hold so deep to it almost like you're holding on to that anchor so tightly that you can't float away from it and explore what is maybe deeper in the depths of the ocean. And so I guess I went into all of that to say, like, it's going to be really interesting to see as you start to ride new waves, how your meaning making starts to shift, you know, and yeah, just how your anchors start to move and change oh yeah I love that none of your secrets are dirty they're sexy little secrets that delights me and I hear you too in the every meaning making system I think similarly to every sign has these sticking points there's often this human desire to find the right way or the right path or the right meaning. And what we're often saying coded underneath that is that we want to pick the one that doesn't have consequences or costs. As we're sitting there at the crossroads trying to pre-guess like, what will I have to give up on this? What do I have to gain? And we want to pick the path that we have to give nothing up and we get all of the things. And it's so beautiful that our hearts long for that and so tragic because I don't know that those paths exist. Every path you take is a path you didn't take and you can spend your whole life at the crossroads trying to predict and guess and then your life becomes lived at the crossroads, which is, I suppose, an interesting life in and of itself. It's not a problem, but it's also a choice because you're still choosing. <laughs> you're still paying the cost of never having walked any of the paths and therefore never found anything along the way. And so astrology definitely has the potential to become rigid too. As a form of meaning making, it is something that we could stereotype and we could create prejudices and biases against all of our Geminis and all of our Capricorns and all of our Scorpios and who else gets, who else really gets it in meme land? 
think those are the three I see most. I see a lot of Virgo come up mm. in mean land, but that could be because I specifically follow Virgo accounts. <laughs> so. And there's such a place for that humor too. And that like levity as we talk about the places that are challenging, given the energy that we're expressing. And as we talk about Capricorn and we talk about like, are you choosing to venture up a mountain right now? Or are you choosing to venture into the ocean? Because by venturing into the ocean, you are not climbing some mountain. And by climbing some mountain, you are not going into the ocean. And hopefully we will all live long enough to get to do all of the things. And we risk every time we choose. And it's part of what's terrifying about it. And I think the ability to make meaning is what makes it possible, is that you can weave both those consequences and the gifts of that journey into a coherent narrative that you can carry along with you and continue to edit and elaborate as you grow and change and have more experiences. I think the real sticking point that can happen in organized religion is when the meaning is already pre-codified and you have no access to a pen. You have no editing capabilities. You have no input. You're really subject to some meaning that was made long before you existed that could not include the possibility of you because you've not existed yet. <laughs> like you are a totally unique occurrence. So you getting to hold onto the pen as you are describing your experience and making your meaning is super to me, maybe the most important piece of whether you choose to participate in a language or a system is does that system value your meaning making? Does that system make room for you? Do you get to contribute to the meaning making? And the reason that I am choosing astrology over staying in counseling is that I see so much more possibility in people being collaborative narrators of what the story of humanity is and what is possible instant amongst and between us all and that you being more fully you and more fully elaborative in your story and meaning making is a gift to us all because then we get the fullest narrative and there are just some systems that don't make space for that and I get very itchy very quickly <laughs> in that space. And I definitely don't want to be an agent for that version of how meaning is held and whether people get to have a voice in participating what story is being written going forward. So I really love that you brought that up. Mm, yeah. And I, you know, I want to also just take a moment because my Libra heart has to Oh my goodness, bring in the balance. To bring the balance, to bring mm -hmm. the acceptance and the love and say that like, yes, like if you have a deep tie to your religion and if you are of Christian faith in any of its denominations, I still honor the beauty in that. And I've had my own journey with that where sometimes I've looked at people who are so deeply in that faith and I think, wow, like, you hold a certain magic that other people don't because you have an anchor that keeps you in a place of faith, which I think is the key to moving through this life is having faith that no matter what comes, you're still going to be able to 
keep on your path. And I think it also gives you this ability to detach in a way from being so in control of it. And I think that that's also very helpful sometimes. So like, I want to honor whatever religion you identify with, especially if it is in that realm and, and just say that like, by no means do I judge any of it. I think there's beauty in all of it. It's just not an always, and especially when we come into the organized aspect of it, but there's other pieces I don't need to go into right now, but like, just to say that like, maybe it doesn't all resonate with me, but if it resonates with you, I think that's beautiful. And I just want to hold space for you as well. So you don't feel like this isn't a, a place where you can come and be accepted. We accept all of you. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought in that piece. And I hope I wasn't communicating any lack of acceptance because I actually, my son sits directly on the cusp between Capricorn and Aquarius. And my mother's a Capricorn and my father is an Aquarius. And Christianity is the gravity of their meaning making. It saved my dad's life in many ways from different substance issues. And I can watch them. I can watch them anchor and reorient and use that gravity and also use that as the guiding principle to how generous they are in the world and how accepting they are. And it's one of the most beautiful dances I've witnessed somebody do with the universe. I will say that they left the church, not in some ultimate <laughs> declarative way, just gradually moved out of the church as I got older and do hold their faith in their very own like whimsical way. But it's so beautiful to watch my dad's relationship to God and my mom wander through the desert singing and we go back to Capricorn being the bones, the solid nature of that faith being the scaffolding from my mother to endure the amount of grief and loss that she has in life. It's beautiful in its whole own way. And sometimes I wish they had a little bit more authorship in the process. And, and in particular, my dad got to have a little bit more flexibility around being gentle with himself when he's not unconditional and unconditionally loving or unconditionally grateful, which are very high concepts to live up to and into. So Libra is holding all the complexity. Thank you for your share around kind of what was the biggest highlight for you, it sounds like, during this past season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe we touched on it a bit with just the tools you're carrying into the next chapter. But I am curious to know, like, if there are any, any niggles you might have around, <laughs> around what might be coming your way in Aquarius season and, uh, I'll just say really quick interject here that I'm laughing about the word niggles because we had a card pull. We like to pull cards sometimes before we do episodes. And the card that I came up with was trust the niggle. 
And Jubilee and I both agree that that word is an interesting word. <laughs> so to define the word niggle, it's really just that feeling that comes up in your body that just keeps coming up. It doesn't seem to go away until you look at it, until you speak on it, until you give light to it and air and breath. And so I'm curious if there are any feelings you're having around what Aquarius season might bring your way. Well, it might be helpful to know that my Mercury is in Aquarius and it's in the fourth house. So fourth house has to do with family and lineage and how you build home and nourish and nurture and how you are generous. So this conversation about the balance I strike between my parents and the religion I grew up in and the system of stars and meaning making that I'm in love with is very much alive in my Aquarius Mercury, which is also retrograde in my chart. So generally in a chart, when you have a planet that is retrograde in what is known as your natal chart. So your natal chart is the chart that you could cast at the moment that you were born is that it is that planet but expressed more internally or sometimes in a way that is not backwards which is not always easily understood or caught by other people because the planet appears to be moving backwards from our perspective there's some piece built in of that like reviewing and reflecting and walking the path backwards that is just kind of built into the energy of how I express. And so it being in fourth house, which is this deeply tender house, means that I always feel just a little bit otherworldly when I'm speaking and like a whole ocean is trying to get out of a straw. <laughs> CJ can speak to this in episodes with me of like, sometimes if she asks me a question unprompted, the amount of ocean that comes out, she's like, whoa, okay, reeling it back in. We're like on the beach moment right now. <laughs> so, But I do, I do a lot of like adjusting to try to not overwhelm other people when I communicate and express. And this podcast is so much about me uncontaining that it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> what Aquarius season is like for me with my retrograde Mercury in this tender house around legacy and expanse. And so I'm really intrigued. I am a little nervous. I do know that I'm going to practice a lot more being carried by the current and letting CJ lead and leaning into the spontaneity of things. And that's exciting. It's a good you know the difference between when you're like at your growth edge and you can feel all the vibrancy and aliveness of it and when you're at your growth edge and you know you're by the edge of overwhelm and your system is just, it's the difference honestly in your nervous system between a like stress response and a challenge response because your body, when you perceive something as activating but challenging, your body actually gives you a different set of chemicals it gives you more steroids it and if it isn't its stress response it gives you more cortisol like 
your perception of whether you're on that edge and it is challenging or you're on the edge and it is threatening actually changes the chemical physical reality in your body. Our belief that stress is bad actually highly contributes to the negative impacts it has on the nervous system or so the most recent stress research is finding. So I feel like I'm challenged, like I'm on a challenge edge with this trusting and being carried and spontaneity and my little retrograde mercury in the ocean. <laughs> Aquarius is like, here we go. I think that's my my little bit of like <gasps> feeling the word I'm avoid saying. <laughs> you niggle. <laughs> I can say it, but she can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> such a weird choice it could have been uncertainty it could have been like discomfort unease <laughs> yeah but it's it's a challenge unease and there's a difference there's such a difference between this is threatening to me and I'm not safe and this is a part of me I just don't know yet and I want to know her and I want to include her in my possibility and wholeness and the tools I have going forward which are hopefully a little more comfort with spontaneity and letting other people do some of the leading. So ball back to you. Can I just say you have asked me so many beautiful questions and held me so beautifully. And I want to know about your Capricorn season. And I want to know, have you been climbing mountains? Have you been at the bottom of oceans? I not want you to get lost in my five planets of Capricorn all having something different to say about what Capricorn season has meant to me. CJ, darling, how is Capricorn then for you? Oof. <laughs> oh, you have been avoiding. <laughs> I really have. I'm not going to lie. I was fully deflecting this whole episode. <laughs> You're so good at it. I really am. It's a skill. You know... <laughs> As I was saying earlier, this definitely feels like the closing out of a chapter in the sense that it's one of those chapters that you read and every page you are clenching the book between your fingers and you are just waiting for them to make sense of all of the crazy stuff that's coming your way. And you're like, you better end this on a good note. The character better learn something here. It better be something that's good for them. Or I'm throwing this book across the room. You're in a rage quit. <laughs> I'm in a rage quit reading this book. That's kind of what it's felt like. And it's really funny because as I say that, I'm like, but also like really amazing things have been happening. It's just been a lot. So one of the things that has been probably the glue that has held me together throughout this entire Capricorn season from December 22nd to January 19th, <laughs> the day that we're recording this, it is the 11th of January. So we are not even fully done, but I think we're far enough through to say like, this is where I'm at reflection wise every morning. I have done what I call journal time. It's not actually me journaling because I have gotten to this point where I have so many thoughts that come out of my mind that like all of the journals are full and I can't even write fast enough to keep up. So I just talk to myself. I live by myself 
And I wake up in the morning, I put on the tea kettle, I set up my bed and I get my tea. I look out the window that's right by my bed so I can just like look at the sky and I talk to myself and I go through a check-in of how is my mind feeling today? How is my body feeling today? Where am I at? Like, where's my spirit today? It's a really beautiful moment where I get to reflect on the day before. I get to like speak to any of my own personal niggles. I get to <laughs> listen to Jubilee is like face palming. She's like that word. Just for clarity, everyone, it is N-I-G-G-L-E. <laughs> it is not the slur. It's just real close to it. So it's a little uncomfortable to say. But I think there's a reason for that because sometimes those niggles are uncomfortable. They make you wiggle a little bit. Yeah, I just, I reflect on all of it. And it has really been holding me together throughout this Capricorn season because I have been called to step into so many roles. So if you go back to our Sagittarius season reflection episode, then you'll know that during that season, I did something called the 12 days of Christmas and it's the 12 days of Christmas business growth advent calendar. And it's where I pulled together some of my friends in on the internet, my peers in the digital marketing space. And I interviewed them and we put together all these amazing tools to help people grow their business in 2024. And it was a lineup of 10 beautiful souls. And I had interviews on my calendar throughout the month of December. And I also was in the midst of producing a burlesque show, which by the time this airs, I think that we will have already done it or it will be happening like the next day. I'm not really sure, but it's coming. <laughs> and I was also starting up a pole dance event production company called Rainbow Light Productions. And I was getting ready to go back home to Colorado for Christmas and just like so much, just and, and, and. I just feel like my calendar was so full. Knowing that I had scheduled everything out so that the 22nd, the day that I got to leave, actually the day that we went into Capricorn season, I was going to be done with <laughs> the, the interviews and I was going to just go into holiday mode completely. That's not necessarily what ended up happening because one thing that we haven't really mentioned throughout this season is that Mercury was retrograde. Mercury was retrograde from December 13th to January 1st. And it really messed with me <laughs> this time around. And I am not someone, well, I mean, I'm always someone who mentions Mercury retrograde in a joking kind of way, because I'm like, yeah, it'd be messing with us all. It messes with our, you know, computers and our social and all these things. And I'll laugh at it. But this time I was not laughing <laughs> because this time it was full on bullying me. And I was just like, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm ready to set a boundary with you, Mercury. So that was going on in the midst of Capricorn season starting off 
And the trip that I thought was going to last 10 days was shortened significantly, which turned out to be a huge blessing. But in the moment I was like, but I planned for this specific time period and my calendar and all the planning, you know? So it kind of broke me <laughs> in that moment. And I was like, I don't want to plan anything else. I don't want to change anything else. I just want life to be easy, but I had to keep going. Right. And it makes me think about like, when you are climbing a mountain and you're halfway there, you're not going to just turn around and go back. You've gone halfway up that mountain and the view, it's so much closer than it was before the peak. So it's like, you're in it and you got to keep going. And that's really how I felt. It was like, no matter what comes your way, you got to keep going. And so doing that morning practice is what I think essentially really helped me keep going. It's what helped me to continue to come back to my body and give her grace and nurture her the way she was needing. It's what helped me to take all the thoughts that felt really heavy and just lay them out on the table so I could say, okay, I see you, I hear you. And I'm okay with releasing this so I can make space for things like compassion and understanding because the stories will always be there. And sometimes they're louder than compassion and patience and understanding and all these things that kind of allow us to be the time benders we need to be in Capricorn season. And just in the midst of that, just so many things. So, you know, I took a flight <laughs> to Colorado. I got sick on Christmas day. And it was really this moment of like, well, you did stop, you did get to pause. And now that you've stopped, <laughs> you know, those stress hormones that Jubilee was just talking about that were also probably contributing to me not just like completely collapsing, they weren't there to support me anymore. And <laughs> what was left was like my immune system that was just a little bit shot from how much it had to be on throughout the season. And so I got sick and I didn't get COVID luckily, but it was pretty congested, just not feeling great and wanting to have a really good time with my best friend who actually flew me out to Colorado and um, well, her mom did. And I love her. I consider her mom as one of my best friends too. And I didn't get to have the great time that I was planning, you know, I, I had to lay on the couch the whole time and just not feel great. And I had to take a lot of naps, which was really good, but just wasn't what I thought <laughs> it was going to be. But then that's how the trip being shortened actually turned out to be a blessing because at that point I was like, all I want is my bed. I just want to go be in my bed and be sick in my own home <laughs> instead of being sick in someone else's home because it's challenging, you know? And so I got to come home and I came home and, and in the midst of this, I also broke my glasses. So just Mercury retrograde, whatever could go wrong kind of did. But luckily, because we were in Capricorn season, I was pushing through it. I was like, you know what? Okay, where's the super glue? That doesn't work. Where's the wire? So currently my glasses are wired together and it works. I got it. I'm good. You know, um, I came back to the realization that my car battery had died because I left my lights on the whole time I was in Colorado. So I was ready to come back and 
you know, start making a little bit of money and had to stay home. Um, cause one of my side gigs is that I do deliveries. I do a little DoorDash, a little Uber Eats. And I was just like, okay, I surrender. I have to surrender here. I had a lot of moments come up when I was in Colorado around family. That's where my family is. I live in Oregon. My family lives in Colorado. There is a reason that we have space between us because, you know, if you're an adult with a family, then you know, sometimes it's challenging to grow and really self-actualize when you're fully in it because you can tend to get stuck in an identity with your family. And if you move away, if for those of you who haven't moved away and maybe experiencing this, sometimes it really helps to put that space and distance between you and your family, because then you can start to really just see yourself from your own lens. And that's something that happened for me. So whenever I go back home, I immediately go back into this mindset of, but how do they see me? And am I living up to that? Or have I surpassed that? And how am I going to squeeze myself back into that identity? And different things like the desires I want out of them. And something that felt like the lesson I got to learn at the end of this chapter was that I really got to come into a place of acceptance around who the people in my family are. A deep level of acceptance around the fact that even if I have done a lot of growth around my grief and I've come into this place of accepting my mother's passing, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to go back home and they're going to be in the same place that I'm in. And I have to be able to hold compassion for that because my mother was the glue in our family. And when she passed, we stopped being a connected family. Our, you know, our family events were really put on by her. She was just the person that brought us together. And so while there's this part of me, this little cancer south node piece of me that remembers the the cookouts we would have and the Christmases we would have together and the Thanksgivings we would have together and all of these beautiful family moments. And she yearns for that when she goes home. She has to also understand that they're still in their grieving process and their grief takes the time it takes and they're not ready to connect on the same level. And they may never be and there. There may never be that experience again. So I, I faced that when I went home as well. And that was a little mountain I had to climb of like understanding that as we grow, life changes relationships change our families change I think that's another piece that like it just feels like there's no mistake that Capricorn season is in winter time where we are now it's it's in a transitionary kind of space I guess like if you're in the southern hemisphere it's a different time seasonally but for me where I live <laughs> and just with the meaning making that I'm putting to it it does feel like it being in winter just makes so much sense because I'm climbing these mountains and I'm learning what I have to release from my pack to be able to keep going. Um, and so that was one of the things. And yeah, then I came back and got back into producing the shows and 
holding space for what needed to happen. I had a friend visit that was a friend from back when I was in high school. And I learned some things about myself on that journey that the difference between who I was back in high school and who I am now and the standards I have for relating and how different that is and have really come to the end of this chapter realizing like it's okay to let things go and it doesn't mean that I don't love the people or the situations or whatever it is that I'm releasing but it just makes life a little bit easier for me when I just allow myself to release it with grace and trust that process. So that's really where I'm at right now. And the only other piece I'll add to that is, I guess I'll pause because the, the piece that I was going to add was kind of some lessons, but I want to pause. <laughs> I want to just like breathe and say that that was my Capricorn season. Thank you for not continuing to dodge can totally understand why you want to because that is so much fit into such a short amount of time. I really heard that you developed this tool of speaking to yourself that really honored Mercury retrograde, right? Like that really slowing down, but also acknowledging the fact that your words are going to flow faster than your hands and finding that pace of like that your mercury was actually moving at for you to get the information you needed to integrate and feel whole each day as you move through all these various opportunities to learn and grow and develop acceptance. And for me, it seems meaningful. For me, it seems meaningful that you started Capricorn season by gathering all of your people that you admire most and who are doing such similar work to you and are on your mountain in certain ways, or at least you have parallel mountains that you gathered them at the end of Sagittarius, beginning of Capricorn, and then went into Capricorn to really have all of, like, if we're talking about you having gravity to go into Capricorn's piece around maybe getting pulled out of your gravity by your family's reflections or their story of you or old friend's story of you is I think there's something really beautiful about the way you wove the energy between those two seasons that I imagine gave you the fortification because regardless of whether we are in a whole signs or not, right? Right. Uh, Capricorn is really important for you, either if we're in Placidus in your sense of identity or if we're in whole signs in your sense of values. And in both of those cases, I think you kept having to choose to come back into your own gravity over and over again and to not spin out, but also accept that other people's orbits are different than yours and that some people come in and out and sometimes some people are maybe never going to come back into like a close in orbit with you and you still need to stay in your own gravity you still have to have like your own core that keeps reminding you of your meaning making of your strong molten core of self and you just did so beautifully 
that sounds like it was so much. Oh my goodness. Mm, thank you for speaking to that orbit and that that center of gravity that we have to hold within ourselves. I think that that's actually a really big theme that came up with the high school friend that I spent time with because we had a really long conversation about identity and I didn't have the words to put to it, but I feel like what you just said really speaks to how I feel about it in that sense that like, as we grow and we change, sometimes we change the names we go by. I definitely did that. Sometimes we change our bodies or the way we dress or like whatever it is, we modify ourselves in whatever way that helps us like look in the mirror and identify with ourselves. And it's that center of gravity that's really impacted by all of that. And I feel like sometimes it really can be a lot to modify or to change or to just to change in general. It can be a lot to change. Change can be really scary, especially when it comes to changing our identity. It can be really, really scary. And it can be, the, I think what makes it so scary is that we have to think about how people outside of us are going to respond to that change of identity. And sometimes they don't want us to change, so they fight it. Like we can say I'm doing it anyway, but it doesn't necessarily change the fact that there are gonna be people who fight it. And so like that center of gravity piece, I think it's really like being able to have a strong center of gravity, I think takes a lot of courage. And it can take a lot of what I was going to kind of speak on, which is boundaries. That's a big lesson that came from Capricorn season for me was just honoring the boundaries that I get to set for myself. Not that I have to set, you know, there's no obligation. If you don't want to set boundaries, you don't have to, but you get to. And it's such a powerful choice to make. And I really feel like in setting those boundaries during this season and saying like, I'm going to set boundaries with my time. I'm going to set a boundary for self-care and filling my cup in the morning where no one gets to get in. Like I literally turn my phone on, do not disturb. I set a timer and that is my time. I do that with a lot of things. And I've even learned that I have to set boundaries around the time I spend with friends or the people that I give my energy to. The word can feel really strong. Sometimes it can feel like, oh, if I'm setting a boundary, like I'm almost being mean to someone or I'm taking something away from someone. But I think that boundaries can come in so many different textures. Some of my boundaries are soft. And some of my boundaries are like a brick wall and they have to be, and there's a reason for that and it's okay. And it actually makes me think of um, a book that you shared with me, Julie, it's called The Mirror in the Earth, I believe. Do you remember who wrote that? I'd have to look it up. I think it's Asia Schuller. And I was definitely thinking about that because in the book, she talks about how gardens 
have both soft and hard boundaries where like a hard boundary is an actual wall around the garden, but a soft boundary is where the shade from the oak tree goes or where the water is in the space and which beds have which things growing in them. Mm -hmm. I love that book. I love that it uses the earth and nature and gardens as like an analogy. I love that so much. It just speaks to my Virgo moon. And even in wild gardens where we don't actually like dig out a boundary, there are still boundaries. Like nature still has boundaries. Nature has boundary medicine. I've always seen poison oak, for example, as like boundary medicine, because you have to be very honoring of where that plant grows. And if you live in the Pacific Northwest, then you totally understand this because it grows rampant in our forests. And I've seen so many people struggle from about with poison oak. And it really is something where it's like, I've been here since 2017 and I've never come into contact with it because I always make sure that I'm mindful of where it is and where I'm stepping and I honor it like it's a boundary. And so it's just something where nature will give us those boundary lessons a lot. And to me, I'm like, if this exists in nature, then it's like valid, like <laughs> then I can do it too, you know, <laughs> like, so I just, I really honor and respect boundaries. And I think that having a deep sense of your identity is how you get to figure out which boundaries you need to set or that you get to set for yourself to nurture yourself in whatever direction you want to grow. Can I weave in here your Aquarius? Yes, please. So CJ has one placement hanging out in Aquarius and it is Saturn. At zero degrees, 11 seconds, which is what today is, it's the 11th. But when you are speaking to, just that like last phrase you said, and I wish I could have recorded it verbatim in my brain, but to the getting to have boundaries so that you do get to be the expression of yourself, like Saturn in Aquarius so Saturn in your chart is the principle of growth that is not avoidable, right? I think I've described it before on the podcast, but it really is that parent that's like, first you're going to crawl and then you're going to walk and then you're going to run and then you're going to ride a bike. And it is Saturn knows and senses potential and keeps calling the acorn longs to and needs to become the oak and it will keep branching out and it will keep growing taller. It's like growth principle in all of us to continuously grow. So Saturn is one of the growth principles. Jupiter is the other. Jupiter is kind of more like ivy. It grows abundantly in every direction and is just, woo. and Saturn is more like you are an oak. You need to be an oak and the most oaky expression that you can be. And so you just speaking to like the peaks you've made with boundaries and the gift it gives you around getting to hold on to yourself is already so much wisdom, I think, around that Saturn and Aquarius. So 
we'll probably definitely encounter more of that as we weave into the next season. But you really gathered so much wisdom in the Capricorn season because Saturn rules Capricorn. So Capricorn kind of always got some of Saturn's pattern to it. But your Saturn is even more interested in your authenticity and your gravity. And I think that that's really exciting to me to see what it becomes. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's so funny because this morning, as I was doing my journal practice, but it doesn't involve a journal at all, I was like forgetting where my Saturn was. And I was like, where is it? I have to find it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's in Aquarius. It's at zero degrees in Aquarius. I feel like I forgot that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that we need to go into it, but Pluto moves real slow. And Pluto's right now, it retrograded back into Capricorn and it's gone direct at this point, but it's at 29 degrees Capricorn. So it's right on my sun, but it is coming for your Saturn. And Pluto really is the great clearer of any of the places that you have entangled yourself or made yourself small or where there is a need for transformation. It is the caterpillar needs to turn butterfly. The phoenix needs to become ash. Cycles of transformation and creation and regeneration. And it's going to be on your Saturn for a while. So I don't think we're going to get over having this conversation about your evolving sense of boundaries and the boundaries you need to evolve. I agree. And I I think um, that really speaks to when I was trying to think about how am I carrying these lessons into Aquarius season? I couldn't see very far ahead. And I just decided not even to take any notes on it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait until we're having the conversation to really go into it. So I'm really grateful that you said what you just said, because it really makes sense. Like, I don't know the Plutonian energy that's more ocean depths energy it's unexplored uncharted territory um, in a lot of ways and that's the underworld and I I don't know I really don't know I I can say that I hope that I continue to produce more shows that's something that I've really been feeling a call to I'm really hoping that I use this newfound sense of boundaries as a way to support me through some of the things that I want to create moving forward. And, you know, we'll see. But I love the butterfly analogy that you brought up because the pole dance party show that I'm producing with a dear friend on February 2nd, I'm going to be performing in that show as a butterfly. You are not. (laughs) And the I totally am. I got my butterfly Isis wings the other day. (laughs) I'm so excited. And the song is Float by Janelle Monae. And in the very beginning, she's like, I think I didn't changed. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I didn't changed. I'm not the same. And one of the lines is I used to walk into a room head down now I don't walk, I float. I just love that. And when I heard it, I was, I heard it back in the summer of 2023. And I was like, oh, 
I'm going to do a poll performance to this. <laughs> this was before I really barely knew anything on the poll. And I just knew like, this is my journey. This song marks the journey that's coming up for me. And when I'm ready to perform, I will have changed in a way that like will be unrecognizable to some. And I'm really excited for that. So I, I feel like in Aquarius season, like I said, you know, Capricorn has been a closing of a chapter for me. And I think in Aquarius season, like I probably won't even be able to recognize myself in some ways. And I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to see what comes. I'm so excited to get to know you. <laughs> Me. Well, speaking of the boundaries of time, as we are winding down and transitioning, is there any last thoughts or pieces or gratitudes that you'd like to offer to Capricorn for the meaning that you've been granted over the course of this season? Absolutely gratitude for all of it, for all of the moments where I felt the pressure and for all of the moments where I felt the uncertainty and for all of the tools that I was able to tap into to move through it all. I'm really grateful for you. I'm really grateful for this podcast. I mean, What's beautiful is not only was it the end of a chapter metaphorically, but it was also the end of a year. And as we go into this new year, I'm so excited for the podcast that we've built together and the journey that we're going to be taking. I'm really grateful to all of our listeners who have just been so cool, like so supportive people who have been giving us feedback. We actually had Jubilee. I don't know if you know this, but your aunt left us a little review and it was really sweet. I can read it, but I, I'll read it after I flip the question on you. And I ask you if you have any closing thoughts, remarks, or gratitude for Capricorn. I am so grateful that you and our constellation came together with me and my tiny goat revolution around what Capricorn could mean that has felt so lovely to articulate and get to express and embody and I don't know where it will go from here in terms of my understanding of just how much is actually possible within this sign that is capable of going to all of the extremes and I'm really grateful for all of my five planets that decided to gather on up in this sign so I get to have a lifelong journey with its lessons and its becoming and I'm so 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 grateful for you mm -hmm. I could not imagine being in these depths with anybody else and I'm really grateful for all of the lessons around being carried by current that it is just to be in conversation and friendship with you. So thank you. And I'm really delighted to hear what this review is. Oh, and great, great gratitude to the wonder that is Jim and to everybody being patient while we took a week off so that we could create a more sustainable climb for his role as editor. That'll make such a big difference. 
in our lives. And I'm very exceedingly and deliriously grateful for him. Me too. Me too. Like I was thinking the other day about how we just couldn't do this if it wasn't for Jim, because my mind, I imagine that it would have maybe been me editing and I don't think my mind could hold it. I just, yeah, I'm so grateful for you, Jim. So thank you so much. And uh, if anybody wants to leave Jim any reviews of gratitude for how great it was to listen to our episodes, you can totally do that too. I'm sure he would be super appreciative. All right. So speaking to the beautiful review that was left on our podcast by Jubilee's Aunt, um, is it Joyalis? Mm -hmm. Joyalis. I said it correctly. I love that. Hi, I am Jubilee's Aunt. I have listened to the first two podcasts so far and cannot say how wonderful you are. You have sparked my curiosity. I'm full of wonder at your knowledge and guidance. And I just thought that was so beautiful. I don't know if that is something she's ever said to you in person or if you even knew she was listening to the podcast, but it just speaks to the beauty of this this creation that we are we have birthed and are nurturing and growing in the fact that this is a space where people can come and we won't even know what lives we're touching. And so thank you so much to those of you who have taken time out of your lives to drop in with these episodes and to let them impact you in whatever way they do. And we're so grateful for you because otherwise we'd just be kind of speaking into the void. And it's really fun to see which little star seeds we do end up connecting with on this journey. Mm, it feels like such a direct contribution to our time capsule. People's reviews and just their sharing feels like a direct like inclusion and in what the time capsule of this moment will be. And thank you. Thank you, Aunt Joy. Aunt Joy definitely chooses to be my aunt. She's my Auntie Michelle's wife and has just gone above and beyond to be supportive and be a wonderful figure in my life. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. If you would like to add anything to the time capsule, if you would like to share a review or thoughts, as always, you can leave them on Spotify and we might share them here on the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us more directly, minimythastrology at gmail.com or minimythastrology on Instagram. We are so grateful you gathered around the fire with us and hope to see you here really soon. We are a love affair of earth and sky, you and I. We share the planets, the stars, the tides. We learned her faces and phases from the places we grew. And together, weave meaning from these differing views to know her anew. Thank you for gathering round this fire with us to hold this ancient love renewed. 
a story made more complete because of you.